0: Welcome back, guys, to a very special episode of Dentist Who Invest podcast, episode number 23, all part of your plan. Plan your way to Financial Freedom Month, your plan to Financial Freedom Month for dentists. I'm taking it in a little bit of a different direction for this month because... I don't know about anybody else but when I'm talking to the financial gurus they are so knowledgeable in their field and I think it's absolutely wonderful but I'm so conscious of the amount of jargon on the podcast and I struggle to keep up as well I feel my brain hurting and I'm supposed to be the host and I'm supposed to understand all these things and I do I do get about eighty, ninety 90 percent of them but at the same time on occasion I do get a little bit lost never mind anybody who is maybe even less background in finance than me so I wanted to This was all inspired by a conversation that I had with someone who basically said the same thing back to me. And I'd already been thinking of it. I'd already been conscious of it already. So then I thought, okay, it can't just be, maybe it's just more than me then. The whole point about this page is to inspire dentists to be better with their money. And who better to ask than about uh, planning your finances, planning side gigs, everything else outside of dentistry than other dentists who have done it themselves. And when I thought about this, the first person that sprang to mind was one of the first people who got me on his podcast way back in the day. This is when I barely knew what a podcast was, by the way. I never listened to them. I literally never listened to them whatsoever. I'm very ingratiated to the guy. He has so much to say about being a dentist and about being, well, outside of dentistry as well. He is really super interesting. You've probably all heard of him already his podcast has just hit 100,000 views as of yesterday 100,000 listens as of yesterday which I think is absolutely insane anyway enough of me being this hype man he's right here he's in the flesh virtually of course his name is Jazz Galati
1: how are you I'm amazing, man. I'm really stoked to have this conversation today. I mean, I had you on the podcast uh, about money and that was such a successful uh, podcast, James. You you provided so much value in that uh, and it's great to be able to continue the conversation uh, on your podcast today, which is doing so well, man. It's so great to see you uh, build a a community and you're helping so many dentists, because as dentists we are illiterate when it comes to uh, finances, and I'm think you're you're making a huge difference in the UK and the world in terms of dentists becoming more financially literate and therefore making better life choices, retiring better. It sounds like really far away and stuff retiring, but it's important. I mean, these are kind of the themes that we got to discuss.
0: Honestly, man, I actually just feel blessed and I just feel lucky that it's got to the level that it has, and I didn't anticipate any of these things. I think it just came along at the right time, and you're quite right. It was some of the things I learned about money along the way that I just thought, people need to hear this, this resonates with people. And then I learned things through creating the group myself, creating the podcast, and it just became this whole self-perpetuating thing. But you've been along this path as well, on a slightly different front, and still on the same, the symbiosis kind of parallel theme of educating people but maybe just from a slightly different perspective in that you focus on clinical dentistry and i love your podcast honestly i learned so much the guys who come on those i think i think i know about emacs onlays and then i hear someone who actually knows about emacs onlays talk on the podcast and it's real (laughs) actionable stuff that i can just go in tomorrow and use in clinic and that was one of the things i wanted to ask you a little bit about today uh when you know further down the line for anyone who's listening You may have noticed, you will have noticed, that there is now a jingle at the start of the podcast. Uh, I've got this from Fiverr.com. I just thought it's about time I up my game, make this sound slightly more professional. Um, Good man. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds quite good. There was a few rough and ready edits before we got there. Uh, Maybe I'll release those just for the purposes of humor at some point. They weren't that great, but we did get there. I quite (laughs) like the one. I quite like the one that they have. I'd love to hear everybody's thoughts on that. But anyway, less about me. I want to know about Jazz, and I'm sure everybody else does as well. Jazz, you are someone who has thought a little bit outside the box. in term. The, The theme of this episode, the title of this episode is Dental Tunnel Vision. Okay, Teeth Tunnel Vision. Teeth Tunnel Vision is when we come out of uni and we focus solely on teeth, Because we think that that's pretty much all there is to life. And I've been this person. I've encountered others like this. I'm sure some who are listening by their own admission might say that they've been guilty of this. It's not a, it's not a negative. It's just maybe an a new perspective on life. You've thought a little bit outside the box. You've, there's, you know, you've started your podcast. I know that you do a little bit of investing as well. Before we get on to that, I'd love to know your reasons why and what inspired you to look beyond what was immediately in front of you but can we just hear a little bit about you for anybody who perhaps doesn't know you who's listening just so they can get to know you a little bit before you before we delve into
1: things further Sure. So uh, my name is Jazz Galanti. Uh, if you go way back, like I'm not going to speak you know, one minute, I'm not going to bore you my entire life story, but uh, I'm a refugee. I came from uh, as a refugee from Afghanistan. I was born in Afghanistan. I was six years old when I came to the country. My parents had nothing. I didn't speak any English. Uh, my parents still don't speak great English. My dad can, can't read or write. Uh, and when we came to a country uh, and we claimed asylum and we got citizenship uh, several years later, it was the, the, the you know, I'm so indebted to the british government i i'm I honestly i feel like the luckiest boy in the world because I, I see what's going on in syria i see what's going on with these children all anyone needs is an opportunity and an education right so i was incredibly grateful to receive an opportunity and an education and, and i felt I felt though I had to do something with it because I had you know I was given this education I'm not going to waste it so I worked like a dog I was very academic I was very much like um, I need study I need study I need study Uh, I do regret in my early life watching too much TV I guess is one of my uh, regrets in life but you know overall as as the years grew by as I got wiser throughout A-levels I started to really work hard and study hard Uh, you know in dental school I was the first person to get 100% in clinical exams uh, because I was a a massive I'm just a massive grafter so that's it's just all about me, so I mean the thing you said about having teeth tunnel vision, I think there's two sides to every coin because. It, you know, a lot of people would look at me and say, you know, Jazz does have teeth television because because I'm always banging on about dentistry. Uh, and yes, there's that side to it. And I think for the first five years, like you said, there's nothing negative about that because I do feel to get your 10,000 hours, get your reps in, if you really, really want to be a great dentist as best as you can be, the best version of yourself, then if you really, really focus on, you know, go on the courses, um, reflect on your work, take the photos, you know, take the ups and the downs of dentistry, which is just a wonderful profession, it's going to take its toll on you. And sometimes you have to dedicate your entire life in a way to dentistry. And I did that. Okay. I did that five years or so. I'd say Um, it's a big part of my life at the moment, clinical dentistry. But as you said, I think there comes a time where we need to take a step back and look around us because, and here's, here's the number one reason, James, I think that everyone, every dentist should have a side hustle. Okay. And it is, it just takes one complaint. It takes if you love your clinical dentistry, no matter how good you are, it takes one spurious complaint to turn your world upside down. Okay, I've had lots of near misses in my career. Okay, nothing too bad. But when I've had those near misses, it's resulted in those sleepless nights. And it makes you think, right? It makes you think really hard, James, that you need to have a side hustle, because if the the proverbial hits the fan, what are you going to do?
0: Do you know that is some real talk right there. And the trouble with de- one of the negatives of dentistry is you can be persecuted. Even, you know, it doesn't even matter about the 99.999% of people that are thrilled. It's not an odds game. It's not an average. It's just that one person and they really can make your life hell. And that is, yeah, that's sad, man. But it is true. It's a reality. And um, I think as well as that, just to add on what you're saying... Coronavirus for me, when when the tide goes out, you see the ships, the cracks on the ships, you know what I mean? And it just made me realize as well that I'm putting a lot of faith in anyone, not even just dentists. I just think a lot of, you know, everyone should be diversified in the sense that they have more than one thing that they can do to generate money, uh, You know, a, you know, a side gig or whatever, as you put it. It's just a more, it's a safer way to go through life. It's a safer way to go through life. It's a way that is you're more you've got more of an insurance policy. Shoot for whatever you know, people lose their job, things this happens. And if you have something on the side, as I say, you're a stronger person. You're more robust in that sense. But yes, uh side gigs, I'm all for them. Um I never really if you would have known me about a year ago, I thought YouTube was stupid. I thought podcasts were I didn't even know what a podcast (laughs) was. I'm like a totally different person. And maybe now I see that, yes, okay, there's negativity on social media, but there is a lot of good stuff out there as well. You just have to know where to look. So, Jazz, when we were talking about teeth tunnel vision, I just wanted to know what insp- now, I know that you've just mentioned about the, 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 you know, the, you quite rightly said about complaints in dentistry and how that one, it just takes that one patient, that one incident where you could even, worst case scenario, lose your career, you know, you know, very worst case scenario. Aside from that was there anything else that made you feel like there was a call to action for you to expand your horizons and maybe think about doing a podcast or did it just start out a bit of fun and you didn't really envisage that it might end up where it is I'm curious.
1: It wasn't complete fluke and an accident because uh, when I went, I went to Singapore. Wasn't. So I went to Singapore.
0: Did you say it was? It was a complete it was. fluke. Okay. It
1: was a complete fluke. Okay. And the way it turned out to be is, uh, me and my wife went to Singapore after doing our DCT two in Sheffield. It was a great restorative post I did, and we and I was at that stage three years qualified where my portfolio was potentially strong enough because I was really into dentistry. I was really you know documenting everything. It potentially was strong enough to get a private practice position which I wanted, uh, but. It was, I was going into the uncertain, going into the unknown. I really didn't want to work in in NHS practice. I think they do a great service, but it just wasn't for me. So I accepted that. So I thought, okay, should I just sit around several months potentially to find that unicorn position that may or may not turn up? Okay. Is someone going to take a gamble on me or not? Or should I do something really cool, really different and travel? at the same time working. So I, I had someone in Singapore who I knew was working there uh, and she was uh, enjoying herself, traveling a lot, working as a dentist. So uh, I reached out to my friend, Sarinda, uh, and I went to work in Singapore. So did my wife, who's also a dentist. She's a community dentist at the moment. She she loves community dentistry. And we can talk about that later, about how in, in your household, uh, whether, you're not, whether you are or not married to a dentist, that, that is irrelevant, but how you should set up your life so that you know you, you're sort of doing slightly different things in a way. And we can talk about that later. But essentially... Moved to Singapore, had a lovely time there. And then my wife got homesick, so we came back. Uh, and then I was in a position to, to, you know, had a stronger portfolio, had some more years of experience, had some more failures in me. So um, I, I managed to get my private positions that I, was, that I wanted. And I had massive imposter syndrome, James. Like I was like, even though this was everything I was working towards, even though I worked my ass off those last five years, I still feel, felt like I wasn't good enough. Right. And, and, and every dentist uh, faces this, I think. Every, every dentist who cares, I think, faces this. So I had that. Now, when I came back, James, here's the interesting thing that happened. People on Facebook were talking about, oh, I want to move to Australia. Oh, I want to move to Singapore in these big groups like Four Dentists by Dentists. And anytime anyone mentioned uh, Singapore, they'd always tag my name. And what happened is that every day as I was commuting back from work, I'd be on the phone to a different dentist Answering the same questions: How much do you earn? What's the? Uh, are there any language barriers? What's the working conditions like? How? Do, what, what's the visa process? That kind of stuff, right? And eventually, after my 25th call, I thought, bloody hell, is I, I wish there was a way to record this in audio format and send it to everyone. And hey presto, uh, expat dentist in the, uh, from Singapore. I think the episode title number one was born. And from there, I just started to be myself, share the things I love, which is clinical dentistry, uh, and sharing and building a community. And now I get messages on a on, a, on a almost a daily basis. I'm so bless that wow jazz the podcast is really making me a happier dentist i'm feeling your, your your passion is contagious these kind of messages mean the world to me amazing man Do you know what it's
0: so curious the number of people that i talk to who have these entities whether they be podcasts facebook groups things like that it's actually so uncommon that they start out they start out you know the, the genesis of the idea is what it is, you know, it evolves through time and it becomes this completely different entity and it blows up in all these different ways that you shouldn't even you can't even imagine. I think the key take home from message from that is just put yourself out there if you do want to do something like this. And it doesn't even have to be necessarily where you want to you know what catches on or where it ends up. It's just about taking that first step and that was totally true for me. And actually interestingly way back in the day before I started Dentist to Invest I actually tried to start a dentist cryptocurrency group and um, i think that group uh blew up to the dizzying heights of about 20 members of which it's still hovering i need to kind of reignite that <laughs> <laughs> i need to reignite that at some point but uh, i didn't quite get round to giving it the the love and curation that it did deserve uh because dentists who invest took off by itself so yeah super interesting so jazz you've been on this journey you've been on this journey a lot longer than i have about the podcast, uh, you know, doing things outside of dentistry, what would you say the greatest benefits are to you? And those benefits may not necessarily be things that people would envisage from the outside looking in. Real quick guys, I've put together a special report for dentists entitled the seven costly and potentially disastrous mistakes that dentists make whenever it comes to their finances. Most of the time dentists are going through these issues and they don't even necessarily realize that they're happening until they have their eyes opened. And that is the purpose of this report. You can go ahead and receive your free report by heading on over to www.dentisoninvest.com forward slash podcast report. Or alternatively, you can download it using the link in the description. This report details these seven most common issues. However, most importantly, it also shows you how to fix them. I'm really looking forward to hearing your thoughts.
1: Okay, so it definitely leads to more opportunities. You know, uh, I've always looked since I qualified 2013. I knew that I wanted to be involved in education. I just knew it, okay? It's something I've always had an affinity for towards. I've always been told, even when I was 18, 19, 20, hey Jazz, you're a good tutor, you're good at explaining things, you're good at breaking down complex things in, in a simple way. And I've always been told that feedback. Now I listened to that feedback and I thought, okay how can i make that part of my future and at the time when you're a student and you qualify you think okay the where is the most where is the pinnacle of dental education and of course you think being a dental tutor at dental school right because that's what you're exposed to right you think oh if i'm if i'm if i make it as a as a dental hospital tutor um you you made it there right and so I was thinking okay uh, what do i need to do to be able to teach dental students uh, in the future so i did a pg cert in dental education uh, and then you know that's that's pros and cons of doing that but i did open my eyes a bit and i started to really gear my career in a way towards being being the best educators possible as well. So so that that was also as a parallel going on. And so when the podcast came, it finally gave me an opportunity to get out of my shell and start sharing some of my knowledge. Because I'm a massive course junkie as many of you know. So I had a lot I've got a lot of knowledge inside here and experience that I'm happy to share. And wonderful things have happened from me sharing. So you're you're completely right, James. Put yourself out there, whatever it is. And, and you know, it, it doesn't have to be um, education. Uh, I'm sure James, in, in, I think people find it very valuable. If you mean you just listed a couple of different ideas, make it really tangible. What could dentists be doing that's different? So for example, I had someone reach out to me yesterday, who done one of my uh, online courses. Uh, and I found out that she works as a dentist three days a week. And she has a tuition business two days a week. So she is a tutor for English, math, science, that kind of stuff, I believe like a level and GCSE. So that's wonderful. Uh, I know lots of dentists into property and have lots of rental incomes. Uh, me and my wife, we have one rental income as uh, one rental property as well. So that's a great thing to do. Some dentists like to just invest in practices, which is fine. Uh, others are, are are day traders as well, and you know way more about uh, way more about that than than I could ever get to know. So can can you give us some examples, perhaps, uh, James, of of how can we make this episode tangible in terms of how to move away from the teeth and do other side gigs?
0: Cool. I think something that's really powerful and maybe a lot of people don't realize is say you have okay we all have this body of knowledge in dentistry that's cool right we're all dentists we all have spent our 5 years at university but beyond that if you know a little bit about something else a little bit or a lot about something else and this can be anything this can be the most abstract thing this can be gardening this can be uh whatever cars etc cetera, etc cetera. because you have that affinity or that brotherhood with those first set of people, the dentists, you'll be able to offer a unique slant on that which resonates with those people more than anybody, anybody ever else who can. And you'll be able to bring that information to those people with a slant that only a dentist can. And therefore, it becomes so much more valuable to those people than you will, you know, than anybody else who's doing it. So you have this amazing angle, you have this amazing ability to connect with these people that those people don't, and that's really valuable You know, and if you think about it, that's what the finance group is as well. You know, I'm not a professional trader. You know, I just I'm someone who's just read a lot of books on finance, read a lot of books on crypto, done it for a a while. You know, and uh, I can because I'm a dentist, I can bring that information to those people and give it to them in a fashion that's tailored to them, which makes it much more useful. I think that's that's my favorite one. That's the that's my favorite thing that I've realized. Jazz is that. Because a lot of people think that you have to be an expert on these things. It helps to know more, but you know, even if you don't necessarily know that much, you'll be able to help all these people just by putting yourself out there and giving them that information in some shape or fashion. And all these amazing things will come of it. And the number of conversations and doors open to you, uh, you know, and friends that you'll make. It's not even necessarily have to be financial rewards. It's just an amazing, amazing new perspective on life. And that was the greatest thing I learned. That was the greatest thing I learned. I hope you Big time. And the amount of friends like and that. connections that
1: I've yeah. made from, from the podcast have been insane. It's absolutely weird. insane. It's, it's, it's really wonderful to connect with people from Austria, from Costa Rica, from, from Australia. Uh, and, you know, we're like Instagramming messages, DMing each other on a daily basis and just sharing our love for dentistry. You know, and, that, and that's what uh, the podcast has become. But what, what I wanted to do, because when you told me the, the title of the podcast was The Path to Financial Freedom. Well, it, it's, it's something that, you know, in a way I'm unqualified to talk about because... I'm very much early on in that path. But, but like you said, I've done my homework in the past. That I spent a good two, two, two three years uh, becoming more literate in personal finance. Uh, like, like I told you on the podcast when you came on, I accidentally listened to a Tony Robbins book, which I thought was about you know motivation in life, but turned out to be uh, about money. And I was like, what the hell? What's an index fund, right? So then I started to learn about that now, starting to invest in that because I believe, my, and I told you uh, also in that episode, we recorded together, I think it was episode 35, was uh, the FIRE movement, F-I-R-E, the Financially Independent Retire Early, how everyone should be able to save, save, save enough money, invest it so that eventually, and this is like a 20, 25-year plan, you can have a, a nest egg to, to, to really rely on instead of you know just leaving it to chance. And, and that's something I really believe in and I follow along.
0: Yeah, 100%. And it comes back, the nest egg thing I like because it comes back to not putting all your eggs in one basket. And as we've already, you know, you can start on picking holes in dentistry, which it's, it's, it's inherently fragile. And, you know, you can just, there is that one, there can just be that one incident that for whatever reason, like, it, it, it happens. People can lose their license. So it's best to
1: hedge your bets. Or in back problems, James, back or problems, back problems um, you know, injuries, all that sort of Lots stuff. Lots of things. I
0: saw a list the other day, right? 100 worst jobs for your health and i thought okay dentistry's on there somewhere all right i thought yeah dentistry's definitely on, maybe maybe top 50 top 70 it's number one actually right, oh you t- you stole it from me that was my that was going to be my bombshell that i was going to drop at the end it's <laughs> okay but yes dentistry was number one dental technician was number two dental technician was number two and dental nurse was top 10 as well and they it was from the point of view of um radiation, infectious disease, cross infection, uh, toxicity, r- hazardous materials, amalgam, blah blah blah, all these things. But anyway, but Jazz, I wanted to ask. Jazz, I wanted to ask as well. I know that you obviously you balance this with dentistry, your podcast and your other commitments. How does that look? How does your week look for you and just how much time does that take for anybody who's maybe not you know, started a podcast? Is it a big time commitment? Is it a little?
1: I really don't know. Uh, great question, James. So initially when I was doing it all myself and I think every if you're starting to make content, if you want to do YouTube, if you want to do a podcast, if you want to uh, start your own business and tuition business, whatever. like If you want to do something different and you want to get yourself out there, then you need a lot of time in, in the beginning because one hour, and I'm sure it's the same with you, James, one hour of content would typically take about five hours in terms of putting it all together getting the audio right, getting the images, writing the copy, uh, making the website stuff so you can generate emails, that kind of stuff, right? So it takes one hour of content takes five hours behind the scenes. Okay. Fast forward, you know, two years now, I've got a team now, which I can rely on, uh, thankfully, which do this bit for me. So I can just focus on my family and focus on, uh, on making content, which is what I love doing. I okay, absolutely love talking about dentistry. I'm starting to do more reviews of dental products and stuff. But it's very time intensive at the beginning. But you asked a really good question, How does my week look like? Well, I want everyone who's listening today to do the following exercise. So if you're, if you're multitasking, listen up. You need to design your life. Stop getting dictated by everyone else. You need to sit down and design your life. How many hours you want to work a week? How much money do you want to earn in a year? What, how much money do you want to save a year? You need to have this conversation with your family member, with your significant other and, and get excited. So I decided that I want to work in a practice where they have an 8 to 2 8am to 2pm shift pattern and maybe a 2pm to 8am 8pm uh, shift pattern so uh I, I put that out to the universe and eventually the universe spoke back to me and the opportunity came along. So by having that half a day, so I work from 8am till 2pm, like solid, it's like, a, it's like a six hour block, you get a 20 minute break in there. I love that model, James, because I can be a father because I pick my son up from nursery and I can give my, my son some time. I can do some podcasting in the evening or making some content. I can just have a life outside of dentistry. But with that couple of hours that you shave off doesn't make a massive difference in terms of income. It, it really doesn't. It just makes you more focused. So the only reason I'm able to do all these things is to the from the time generated by working as a shift pattern dentist. And that's the real secret I think I found to being able to make a side hustle work either cut down to three days a week or work many days a week but work in a shift pattern. What do you think?
0: Awesome. Yeah, I mean, well, I used to be the guy I actually used to work two jobs and I used to work six days. And It's almost like it's not the, it is the hours that you spend there, but it's also the time that you don't have, if that makes sense. So let me just explain that further. So what I mean by that is there's seven days in a week. If you work six of those days, you only have one day to prepare for the rest of your week. Do you know what I mean? Okay. And maybe do all your other things as well. So from that point of view, I I felt like maybe looking back on it, I was constrained in that I couldn't actually um pursue these other interests that I might have had as much as I would have liked to. So from the point of view of reducing your hours, as you've said, Jazz, what, you know, past a certain point, past a certain point, money just becomes something that you kind of have for the sake of it. And particularly with dentists, we all, we all none of us, you know, it's very rare as a dentist who's struggling to put food on the table. Let's be real. And if you want to be the person who, expands beyond dentistry i think that you have to start looking at yourself and thinking can i do less dentistry if only if i don't need to only if you don't need to but that's the first step for me that is the first step and it's all these yes it's going into the unknown um but you still have your foot in the game so it's not like you know you'll struggle you know you've sat down and done your numbers presumably and that's the first step to getting out because if you can't If you're already working too many hours, you're never going to have the time to make that step and follow these other uh, pursuits, whatever they might be. That would be my greatest lesson that I... You don't
1: have any time for the passion. You don't have any time to be creative. We need time. We need these silent hours away from the practice to be creative and get our creative juices flowing. And also, uh, James, like... If you're you're just working more days and the more successful you become, the more your patients like you, the more your patients refer other patients to you. And if you're not having, if you're not at a stage where patients are, are raving fans yet, then maybe you should be working on your clinical dentistry because you want to get your clinical dentistry at a level where you can be competent, but you can also show warmth to your patients and you're a likable per you're a likable dentist so that you get more referrals from your patients and then when you get busy enough so that you're looking ahead in the weeks and you're busy 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 then that's the optimum time to then take a step back okay because the more you work at that stage if your books are full okay the more you're just paying the tax man right so be tax efficient in a way by working less days and then think about other ways to spend more time with your family, more time doing the gardening, which you love to do more time doing things that you love to do. And then more time on a potential side hustle, which I strongly believe everyone should have, even if it's just getting into property and looking at which properties you should invest in, like anything you could think of, you can make happen.
0: Yeah, I should say as well, you know, the group that I've created, there was there was three years of work before I got to that point, in essence, because I would started learning about finance before. And I never really, actually imagined that any of these things would happen so it's the seeds that you plant today that germinate tomorrow and grow into you know beautiful oak trees and things like that and i know that sounds like waffly and whatever but this
1: this is very poetic james to to, to creating to thank you (laughs) thank you mate, thank you
0: uh to creating anything like that it has to start somewhere and it isn't something that you might you you mightn't see an immediate return on for a while but at least it Broadens your horizons and it makes you less committed to dentistry, which as we've already fleshed out, there are some strong advantages to doing that. Um, but yeah, it definitely is, it definitely is the long game and it was the long game for me. And through most people that I've chatted to who've started, uh, whatever that might be, it's always been the long game. It's always taken them quite a while to get to where they are. Jazz, I wanted to ask as well. Um, you said about the, well, obviously you love doing your podcast and we spoke about the benefits a little bit. If anybody was listening and they were thinking about taking that first step, I know we've kind of covered this already. What would you concisely say to them to encourage
1: them to go for it? So uh, reasons why they should go for it, right? Yeah. Just long story short, summary. Boom, boom, boom. If you have a story, if you have a purpose, if you have something to share that's valuable to other people, no matter what niche it's in, go for it. Because you don't want to look back and, and think, oh, what if I had just done that? Because wonderful things will happen. If, you're, if you've got someone who's got something to share, if you've got a story, if you've got a mission, I promise you, wonderful things will happen. So that's you know, go for it. I would say you—you you will not regret it. It—it it does have to balance with the time, as I said. You need to make time for it, and to give it the, the love and the and the sun and the warmth and the water to to, to allow that seed to germinate, as you said. But it, you know, it can be very fruitful, very rewarding, even from just the connections you make, because your network is your net worth, and and, and from that, you know, beautiful things can that. grow.
0: I've never heard that before. Your network is your net worth.
1: <laughs> i'm taking notes
0: i'm taking notes I'm taking notes you know what jazz and i came to a revelation off camera we both agreed this jazz is the gary v of dentistry i'm right i'm just throwing it out there i'm just throwing it out there no i'm joking he didn't agree to himself i
1: proposed that's it. the biggest I, compliment that's the biggest compliment ever
0: <laughs> i proposed it but now i'm seeing the parallel so much the entrepreneurialism the enthusiasm all these things what a great way to kick off your path to financial freedom Month. and i know okay Neither of us are technically financially free. Uh, but there's some lessons in there that we've learned both along the way that have meant that I, I'd like to both think that we're maybe uh, progressing down that road, I suppose. Or well, we're taking we, the first steps.
1: You've you built this yeah. wonderful community. And, and, and I, I've, I've also been doing, you know, uh, investing in ISIS and, and made myself literate. And I'm happy to, to sort of share some things. I mean, two things I, I wrote down as notes to add value to the people who listen to this podcast uh, is two things I want to discuss. Uh, one is lifestyle creep. Are you familiar with that?
0: I recall you saying it. It's. Uh, I, I don't want to. I don't want to take the wind out of your sails. But
1: I'll, I'll let you speak on it. I think I know what it is. I think I know what it is. <laughs> it's you know there's nothing too magical about it it's just basically as your income increases because you, you know you remember as a student you had that four grand student loan whatever and you lived off beans on toast and you were happy as Larry right and and then you start having an income and it's about 30 odd K and then maybe you you know you're, you're getting more and more income then naturally then you know the the lavish expenses start coming and stuff like that but then that's really killing any savings you could make so just be careful of lifestyle creep as a dentist we're in this wonderful profession and part of the reasons that we're able to talk about the kind of stuff we're talking about today is it's one of those wonderful, wonderful professions that if you wanted to work part time, you could not anyone in any profession can do that. And I've got loads of friends in other industries who say, wow, Jazz, I can't believe that you can just work three days a week. And and that is a possibility down the line. Uh, People are just amazed by that so you know just be careful of lifestyle creep have a look are you starting to spend uh, significantly more as your income increases if so then how are you supposed to save more so it's really important to save more in terms of lifestyle creep before i raise the second point is there anything you want to add to that james
0: i love that because it's you need to have money to see it to invest to make money and um anecdotally anecdotally i um friend of a friend uh got out of dental school uh thought to himself, I'm on an FD's wage now, you know, I'm earning, I'll get a decent flat and I'll get a car and I'll pay it off on finance. Uh got out of, you know, finished his FD year, uh, got a new job. Things didn't really go to plan, didn't get along with his principal, left the job, and now he has this car and this house, and it's like a noose around his neck. He works however many days a week, uh five, five, six days a week. And I think he has about a hundred pounds left over at the end of the month. And he's having to do some real thinking. He's having to do some real thinking outside the box as to how to get himself out of this predicament. So, yeah, definitely a lesson to be learned in there somewhere. And, uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's about saving, isn't it?
1: Well, you can. Absolutely. And have you covered uh, the difference? You might have done already, but have you covered in your podcast yet the difference between an investor and a trader? I feel like we've delved,
0: we've delved, we flashed it out a few times, but I'd love to hear what you think about it, and maybe you can add some more insight to it, another perspective.
1: I'll just give you the, the you know uh, Joe Blogs dentist, Doctor Blogs uh, dentist version in terms of in terms of this, right? Because based on our episode that we did uh, on my podcast. The number one sort of uh, query, or question that came back, like these scenarios that dentists would pitch to me, like firstly, they'd say, wow, I need to really educate myself uh, uh, about uh, money. So you definitely brought that to the podcast. You, you, know, you really inspired dentists to think, okay, I need to start learning about money and how it works and how to save and how to invest. So most the average dentist at the moment is unsure about how to invest. They maybe have a savings account that's occurring you know, 0.2% a year or something like that. So your podcast episode really made them think. And then the most common thing I get is, OK, Jazz, um, I, I listen to your podcast with the, with James. It's really good. Uh, I'm going to put a thousand pounds into an index fund. What do you think? Which one should I go for? I'm like, OK, that's great. OK, but, but, but then what happens a few months later is that, hey, Jazz, um, I'm, I'm a little bit disappointed. Uh, that thousand pound investment I made, uh, it's only got me twenty seven pounds. It's been four months and uh, I'm a little bit concerned. Okay. So then we need to have this conversation with this dentist and, and many other dentists who are starting on this journey is that, okay, are you an investor or a trader? And um, are you, I want you to do this because you will do it so much better than I will. Uh, and then also like, I'll give you the example of my sister who also um, saw that I started to get into this stuff uh, and she put a hundred pound in trading 212, trading 212 uh, and uh, she made 40 pounds. Okay. After three months, cause she invested in some like light bulb company that she read about. And she, and I told her, look, Sim, Simran, she's my sister. I said, you just gambling right just picking on one company and you're gambling what's your strategy now she's like well i've only made 40 pounds in three months this is rubbish and i'm like what the hell you made 40 percent in three months this is insane this is amazing this is phenomenal so we need to fix our mindset about where we're going with this
0: two things i'll say on that the first one is when you are going into any investment it's really really helpful to have an idea over what period of time you're expecting to draw profits okay so if you're buying something and say you're looking to the very long run and you're saying, well, actually index funds over this amount of time, they almost always go up on value. You can sleep so well at night because no matter what it does day to day, you don't care because you believe in the long run that it will go up in value. Okay. So that is, that is such a helpful way of looking at it. And that's such a helpful, healthy mindset to go into things. And alternatively, if you're buying something as a punt, uh, for anybody who's listening, Dogecoin springs to mind or GME. Those are not things you want to hold long term you know so you kind of want to get in and out and then you can make money that's you know if you ride if you ride that up you can probably you're probably going to ride it down again because it's such a short short-term investment uh, so if you have an idea of when you're going to get out then that can mean that you're ever more likely to make money on that and again you won't lose sleep at night when it crashes down to zero. The other thing I was going to say really one of my favorite sayings about investment investing you only have the resolve to trade your beliefs in the market not the beliefs of others. Okay? So in case that isn't immediate, does it does that make sense before I before I kind of describe what that means jazz? Does that can you see
1: where I might go with that? Kind of, um, but I, I think someone who's not uh, as read yeah. up uh, and hasn't read a few books on this stuff, they they might be like make it tangible for me. Fair enough, fair enough. Allow me to explain.
0: So what I mean by that is when you read about any particular asset and you learn a lot about it, You'll learn about how it moves and over what period of time it's expected to increase in price. So you'll be able to put your money into that and you'll be able to say, well, actually, I don't care about the daily noise where it's going up and down. That's fine. Because I think like with gold, as long as inflation continues, I think gold is going to go up in value because gold is the benchmark of inflation. So that's my personal belief. So I can buy gold. And I can, I don't care if it goes down. It's not doing very well at the minute. I don't care if that happens. I think in the long run, it'll still go up until we figure out a way to get it from asteroids, which is a long way off. There's only going to be so much gold. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's my personal belief. So I can buy gold and I can sleep well at night. But if I tell you to buy gold and you think, oh, okay, I don't really trust this guy, but okay, I'll put some money into it. You know what I mean? And then gold doesn't do well for six months. You'll one, be unhappy with me, and two, you'll probably take your money out, and then you'll miss the real train when it comes later. You know what I mean? So what I'm saying is you only have the understanding. Yes, well, hopefully that fleshes out a little bit more what I was talking about. I hope that makes sense. It makes a lot of sense, and I love that. It's a really great belief system. It's a really great way to make it tangible, I think. Best saying, best saying
1: I ever heard about investing, favorite saying. I'm going to pitch something to you, my friend. I'm going to ask you something. I'm going to, uh, yeah, well, I have nothing to add to that in uh, in particular, but um, I've opened up my Trading 212 account. Okay. It's here on my phone right now. So I'm going to spend the next three minutes uh, asking James, because to me, you are the expert, right? I I know you're not giving financial advice and stuff, but I just want to know, what would you do? What would you do in this scenario? Right. And I know you're, you're going to ask me what's my aim, what's my goal and stuff, right? So after being inspired by you and the group a little bit, so I'm primarily an investor, right? I do index funds and I know I'm going to stick in there for about 30 years. Okay. And I know I'll come out and top most likely, right? Uh, and I'm very much max, max out my ISA. So everything's tax free. And these are just fundamental rules we should all be following, right? But then within my ISA, uh, I put, uh, 2000 pounds into IAG shares in IAG. Okay. Which is like their own like British Airways and that kind of stuff, right? Uh, because. They had gone down. So let's see. I'm just bringing my chart up so I can make it tangible. Uh, in one year, they'd gone, okay, in one year, they'd gone down 51% due to the, or about 70% due to the pandemic, right? So I bought it uh, a few months ago when it was really low, uh, and now it's gone up 36%. Nice. So my £2,000 is now almost uh, £3,000, right? Nice. What should I do? Should I take out the profits uh, and then maybe invest it into my index funds? Because I know that's gonna be there long run. Or because it's still, you know, yet to reach the peak that it initially was, should I hold on?
0: I am the investor that will always say risk first, always. OK, so I mainly what I mean by that is I mainly when I buy, I don't really trade stocks so much day to day. I've got a few stocks. I've got Argo Blockchain. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of that. It's a Bitcoin company. And I think that their price is tied to the brick fluctuations of bitcoin so i've personally invested in that because that's what i know about and that's what i've been trading the most it's all about picking one asset and just learning the absolute heck out of it but that's an aside so what i would do on that one i when when i invest or when i trade in any crypto i always say risk first always and even if i look at this and i think this is a gem all right this is if unless everything i know is wrong i think this is going to go up in value okay i i'm convinced that it will yeah But you never quite know what is going to happen. So every trade that I get into, I always say to myself, what is the minimum that I can take out that when it hits a certain price target, that even if the thing totally goes against me and I lose money, that I'll have broken even. And then that way I've managed my risk every single time. So I think for me, with a trade like that, even though I don't particularly know much, was it IEG? Was that it? I E uh, G I A G I A G. So they that even displays how little I know about it. Uh, what I would do on that one is I would go anything that I trade, anything that I'm not investing in. So investing being things that I don't want to draw profit in the very very long run. Anything that I'm trading, i.e. I'm looking to get in and out. I calculate at what price I will sell if I think the trade is going to go against me. So I'll look at the chart and I'll say, right, here's here's some support, here's some resistance. Here's where I think the price could go. If it goes this far beneath it, I'm out. I don't care what happens, I'm out, okay? So for whatever that price is, I calculate what is the first price target that I need to sell at, that no matter if this thing totally goes against me, I'll have broken even. And then once I've done that, I just siphon off profits as it keeps going up in value. And I basically just look at the chart and I put on these very hard limits. And that way my risk is always, always, always limited.
1: Brilliant. So it sounds like I should draw some money out from this, but keep some in uh, because I do have faith in it, because essentially yeah. it's British Airways, these airlines and all the holidays getting booked and the confidence coming back up uh, and It is a way of uh, mitigating my risk by taking, drawing some of the money out uh, and putting it into my sort of um, uh, my allowance for the index fund, which I which I know I've got faith in uh, over the next 30 years.
0: I believe so. Risk first, always. Another thing that quite often happens is people will buy A stock or people will buy a crypto or whatever and again it goes back to the theme of what i was saying earlier about having a plan before you get into it because unless you have a tangible point at which something you are going to sell something and make money then you'll you can watch this thing go up and go straight back down again and there is no point at which you know you're there's another saying on Wall Street, not to throw many, too many Wall Street sayings at you, but you're only you're a sheep in investing until you take profit and then you're a wolf. Does that make sense? So until mm-hmm. on, while your money mm-hmm. is still in the trade, you're still a sheep. It can still go against you. You haven't actually got anything out of it until you take some money out. So I'm a big fan. I'm a huge fan of taking partial profits at certain levels because no one knows what will happen. And then at that way, you've always paid yourself. Pay yourself for your hard work. Pay yourself for your diligence and your your fortuitousness. Do you know what I mean? That's the way I look at it personally.
1: that's That's very good. And also reminds me of another saying that people generally, when we're investing, where we hold on to the losers for too long, uh, and we're uh, hesitant to, to to sell the winners, and and that's a, a, a losing formula in a way because we're you know we're, we're looking at our losses and we're we're waiting for it to go up. So we just lose and lose and lose, and our and our winners, we're you know we're we we selling too too soon. Is that right? Is that the way to think about it?
0: Yeah, I read a really interesting. I think it's almost ninety percent ninety nine percent psychology, personally. So what you've just described is a psychological problem because the market's actually given people who are in that position some money. They just have a barrier against taking it mentally. Really, not to go too much on a tangent, but really interesting book, uh, Van Thorpe's Trade Your Way to Financial Freedom. Okay, guy is a trading god, Kay Van Thorpe, trading god, been trading for however long, made millions, just enjoys teaching people now. 50 traders, he's interviewed 50 traders. Okay, he, he wanted to find the essence Of trading and making money in the markets he wanted to know what it was okay 50 traders they all had different systems they all had four things in common they all planned how much they put in as part of their trade they all scouted the trade for a good entry they took profits at certain levels and also they sold their position if it got below a certain price he wanted to know what apart from those what do their methods have in common they all had totally different methods they used different indicators a million different ways of doing it they were all successful the four things they had in common the things that they had in common were those four things and their psychology was in check because they took profit 50 traders and they all made loads of money so that's that's the the holy grail is that basically just to kind of train yourself to take your profits and sell when it goes against you and it's just about it's just discipline that's the thing just discipline
1: Amazing! I'm gonna sell a decent amount of those shares and uh, put it into my index funds, and I'll go back to the set and set and forget mode, Uh, invest and forget, uh, which is the the way my personality suits me better that way, rather than being a a trader. To be honest, to do so, my dabble worked. I got lucky, uh, and now and I went in without a plan. But you're so right; you should go in with a plan, uh, and I'm gonna do that. Thank you. Awesome,
0: Jazz. Just before we wrap up, because I know that you're on a bit of a time limit today. I know that you are someone who, well, you've just talked about how you do your investing. Can you just give us an idea of what you buy? Um, what do you think are some helpful tips to those who are listening, who are maybe uninitiated in the world of investing? Or even if they have got a bit
1: of experience, what would you say to those people? I would firstly say read up on index funds. Two books I can uh, recommend is the one by Tony Robbins, which is unshakable, I believe. Uh, and the other one by J.L. Collins is The Simple Path to Wealth. Uh, and they break out very much. Uh, I, I took my philosophy from those books in, in terms about you know putting money aside every month, maxing out your tax-free sort of ISA, that kind of stuff. And, and I would put it into what currently uh, I'm a big believer in VWRL, which is the Vanguard fund. And it's about 58% weighted towards USA, which is, you know, the S&P 500. And it's got like the, you know, forty-two percent around the world. So you're diversified, uh, and that's my sort of go-to. But anything that has some diversity um, is is can can be a good fund. Look at the performance history of it, uh, and just stick with it, right? And it's going to have a bad days, going to have good days, but have that long-term mindset that in thirty years you should be. I mean, for me, I'm, I don't have an NHS pension or a very small one. If that. So this is, in a way, is my pension. And again, I, like I said in the episode we did, it's my, my it's my goal to FIRE, right? Financially independent, retire early. And I'm happy to say that my FIRE number is a million. When I have a million in my ISA, I, I can then draw out 4% a year, which is 40 grand tax-free, right? And it sounds like, just 40 grand jazz that is it? but tax free I'm quite a, you know I don't have, I don't drive a Ferrari or anything I've got a very fairly simple person um, I don't have a very expensive dress sense or anything I don't need that much money so I, I'm confident that I'll get to a stage whereby uh, I can work because I want to not because I need to uh, because I, I'm, I'm a good I'm a good saver now thanks to my wife uh, and uh, I don't have a very lavish lifestyle and therefore I'm able to save invest and hopefully one day I can fire.
0: Love it, Jazz. I love how you've got a tangible figure as well, because that's another thing that maybe, well, I mean, when you get into investing, if you have a hard limit on where you want to get to, then that's your goal. And then you'll know at that point that you've uh, achieved something rather than just continuing indefinitely. Cause that the whole point of it is that you can, you're supposed to be financially free at some stage and maybe having a tangible point is very, very, very helpful. So another, another good message there. Do you think you'll continue to do dentistry, Jazz, when you reach that point?
1: Yes, absolutely. uh, Because, you know, I feel as though I want to be able to do that. And I think everyone should. aim, I think every dentist should aim for this, right? If you can make yourself in a financial position that you do dentistry because you want to and not because you need to. Wow! I mean, can you just imagine that—that that you can go into work and you want to do this dentistry, uh, and the, the the awkward patient that you have in front of you who doesn't excite you—you you can just be like, you know, I'm not so interested. You know, you don't have to take that treatment plan on, or whatever. That's that's the holy grail, man.
0: It is. It is. I love it, my friend. Jazz, thank you so much. This has been an amazing today. Fire in the booth! I always knew there would be from a man who's hit one hundred thousand <laughs> views on his podcast. I've learned things today. I hopefully think I hopefully uh, everyone else who's listening has too. I
1: hope it was valuable. I mean, I, I hope it wasn't too basic, and I hope people found
0: value from that. One hundred percent. This is the whole point. It's supposed to be an entry level access to kind of investing for dentists, and also as well as that, a little bit beyond the invest and just other things outside of dentistry. And I think we've hit the nail on the head today. Honestly, I had such a good time. Thank you so